In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi, everybody. I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 375. That's right. What are we talking about tonight? Sadly, the Green Lantern 11. Only sadly because Chad's make. I'm not feeling well, and Stone Cold Chad Bokelman's making me do my issue. <laughs> <laughs> he said it, guys. You heard it. Go listen to previous episodes. <laughs> and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, ever since I, I did this is just like a completely random thing. So ever since I set up this little nerd nook uh, in my uh, in my uh, new apartment in my room, uh, you know, uh, the, the the figures that are still in boxes that are on tacks on the wall. I have that total justice parallax figure you gave me um, like right next to my right arm right now. It never bothered me that his little finger is crooked <laughs> until I had to look at it like less than six inches from my face. <laughs> now you mean as in it never bothered you, or you didn't notice it? Because I'm pretty, because I'm pretty sure, because I, I I know I told you that. Yeah, you absolutely told yes. me, but it was up on a peg at the old apartment. It was higher up on the wall. It was in a darker corner, you know that sort of a thing. So it was out of my line of sight, and it's just the middle finger or whatever, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, but now it's like literally like my elbow is about. <laughs> three inches from it right now. <laughs> you know, it is it is un it is unfortunate that happened. It almost it almost makes you want to open the figure just to see if you can like <laughs> bend, put some pressure on it to straighten it. Out. <laughs> yeah, or, or take a match to it or something to heat it up and melt it a little bit so you can bend it back or whatever. But it is a but great it is a great figure though, considering it is. I need the Kyle Rayner. I need the I need the Kyle Rayner one now because I saw. Um, there's a YouTube channel, um, and you're you're an action figure guy, so maybe you know about it. Brad, the DC Universe geek. I think I've heard of it, but I can't. I don't think of. It, I don't consciously remember watching anything. Yeah, he. Uh, you know, he's a basically. You know, obviously the the, the title self explanatory about what he does on his channel, but uh, there was a video maybe a few months ago where he got a like a huge box of shit. I mean, just like I, I don't know. I, I think he might have gone. Because he lives in Canada, so he had a trip to the United States or something, picked up a bunch of sale stuff and various items and stuff like that while he was here. And basically, in in I think I think it was that video, he had a whole line of Total Justice figures that he unboxed. Um, so a lot of them I'd never seen before out of box. Obviously, I need Kyle, but the one I really liked, and we're on a total tangent already, um, which is, but which is, is the. Fine. Is the Hawkman figure? I believe I have Hawkman. I think I'm pretty sure I do. Let, let me let me make a let me make a note of this when I get done with this to go look because if I actually have him, I don't. Even, I'm trying to remember what the hell gadgets he comes with. But if you want the but if you want the but if you want the loose figure, I can. I can yeah, I don't. I don't care about the gadgets. He's got these big. Um, uh, it's hard to tell. It looks like they're almost like. Um, so it, it, it's a chest plate that goes across his chest, um, and then it—I guess he sticks his arms in this, these things that lift up, and I guess that you might be able to put um, something in there, kind of like with, uh, yeah, kind of like he, that you can shoot out. I for some reason I thought it was a claspy thing, something that I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sure, but I don't—I hate that 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 the, whatever the gadget is that comes comes with it, but the Hawkman itself, the wings look spectacular. Uh, he's got really long black hair, and his his uh, hawk helmet. The wings are like almost like um, 
Oh, was it Red Rain Batman who had like the or Long Halloween? Uh, which one had like the super crazy tall ears? I think I think that was Red Rain. Yeah, so it could so be both Hawkman's, actually. But it, okay, I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm yeah, looking Hawkman's Hawkman helmet. The, the the wings of his helmet were like super tall and pointy, but the wings. The I don't know, man. This the the, the whole figure. I, I could I didn't give a shit about the the accessory that came with it, but the figure itself for Hawkman for the Total Justice line. Is really cool, and I'm looking at the back of the the parallax box now, and you've got Despero with galactic body blow attack, uh, fractal armor Batman with optic shoulder cannon system, Superman with kryptonite ray emitter, Hawkman with massive grip talons. Yep. Okay, so yeah, that, that, that's why I was I was looking. I was going to mention that too because I have one open on on eBay, but that's what I remember that I thought it was some. I thought it was makes sense to be talons, but I knew I I my, my memory, which still works on occasion. That I remembered it was a grasp thingy that you like that you that you pressed it and it closed and opened on stuff, so that would make sense. Yeah, there's Huntress, obviously Parallax, Black Lightning, and then the Green Arrow is Connor, and it, he Connor just comes with a bow and arrow. I, I wonder, this has got to be one of the only Connor, yes, uh, I think Connor so. Hawk figures, right? I believe so. Yeah, I, so that's cool. Not related to Total Justice, but related to Kyle. I have that 12 inch Kyle figure too that they did. That Justice League or whatever figure they did. That uh, I remember. I got the. I remember. I remember. I got that at KB. I got that at KB over in uh, over in over in Danbury, Connecticut, during one of my toy runs. They actually had it. It's like, oh, I'm gonna get that, even though it was. Kind of, I, yeah, oh, go ahead. Got no. That's okay. Good. Well, I was, I was gonna say. I still. I still need to get. Uh, there's. There's two Kyles. I, I feel like I still need to get. Is that that? That's that multiverse one that just came out not too long ago, and then the um, the matte blue. Uh, blue lantern one that came with the uh, yellow lantern Hal two pack. Yep, that was a good pack. Yeah, yeah. that's for sure. All right, we have some feedback to get to uh, from our last episode. Um, I didn't, uh, unfortunately, I didn't think about about it until just now, so we don't have like a comprehensive document. But uh, I found where we left off. Uh, last uh, time we spoke, um, Jack, uh, old-fashioned outlaw on Twitter, <laughs> uh, was talking about uh, how he feels like the uh, the Green Lantern series is can be, can be recognized as a cult classic, the Grant Morrison one. And you and I had some thoughts about what constitutes a cult classic, cl- cult classic, so on and so forth. And in three tweets, he said the following. By cult classic, I meant like Morrison's Animal Man, or in general, books that are appreciated more after their initial release. In my opinion, The Green Lantern has been a good character piece. Yes, there's a lot going on, but I believe that Morrison's goal is to see how Hal deals with them. This is a lot like how Morrison wrote Animal Man. In Animal Man, there is not one parallel story. This is a lot like real life, and that is Morrison's goal in Animal Man and in The Green Lantern. This idea of more grounded stories is what makes Morrison's writing so appealing to me and why I'm enjoying The Green Lantern. I can see some merits in that. I think I – especially when elaborating a little bit more, I think that – I think that in that context, I guess, there's a chance that he is correct that this book might be perceived uh, to be a class – to be, I, I still don't really think it'll meet the, the my what I would consider the criteria for cult classic. Again, like I think you and I talked about the fact that it's a little too high profile to start with. I mean, Animal Animal Man is pretty obscure. Uh, Green Lantern, <laughs> despite <laughs> despite where it stands in the current DCU, <laughs> really is not that obscure. Uh, so, but I, I get I get where he's coming from. Yeah. Um. So uh, another thing that had happened, there is a uh, Twitter account called The Green Lantern Daily. And in a conversation, we got brought up. Um, essentially, The Green Lantern Daily was doing a um, change.org uh, petition uh, to try and get Funko to do some Green Lantern-related uh, pops for their 80th anniversary. Um, the... Uh, they have at uh, this current moment, and the number keeps slowly ticking up. I'm not sure where they're at, um, but uh, basically, the name of the, the the petition on Change.org is "Fans Requesting for Funko to Celebrate 80 Years of Green Lantern in 2020." Uh, they're trying to get uh, 200 signatures, and for some reason, this thing, it, there's no way people are live signing this right this particular second. The count keeps slowly going up as if, <laughs> as, 
as change.org does this, it makes it look like the count's going up live um, when it's really just slowly loading to catch you up to where the current numbers are. It looks like it stopped. It says 124 have signed. Let's get to 200. So if you guys are looking for this, uh, you know, who knows if it is, if it's going to work or not, but hey, it's worth a shot, right? All you have to do is just sign a petition on change.org. So look for the change.org, uh, petition fans requesting for Funko to celebrate 80 years of Green Lantern in 2020. But basically in a, uh, conversation about that, uh, about that, uh, you know, kind of stalling out, um, and, 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 you know, kind of saying, hey, if GL fans don't want more merchandise, why would they put forth the effort into shows or movies referring to DC Warner? And uh, he admitted in, in one of his responses, he says, DC and Warners have given up on the character. It's painfully obvious. I listen to Lantern Cast and the Blog of Oa podcast, and they bring it up every episode. The GL fans need to band together, and it's just not happening. Thanks for ch- trying. I'm trying to. We need more willpower. You know, I'm. I can I can agree with them, uh, you know. It, you know, it's we, we can sit there and bitch about it, but at the same time, you know, I, 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 what are we really doing other than you know you, you and I and then Myron and and Phil over on on uh, podcast of oh what are, what are we doing other than putting out content in terms of uh, the podcast? I feel like that's what what else do you want from us? But at the same time. You know, uh, it's easy to, I guess, be jaded or whatever about, hey, will a petition or whatever actually work? And I don't I don't mean any uh, disrespect to the, the, the Green Lantern Daily uh, Twitter account for putting it together, the petition and, and, and doing that. It's just that, you know, trying to force Fortune 500 companies to do something based on petitions uh, really only works if there's a mass public outcry. And, you know, even if every Green Lantern fan active on Twitter got involved with this, would it really make a difference? But who's to say it wouldn't? So I, I think I think uh, I think it's just a good reminder that as much as we can complain about it, you know, uh, we can always do a little bit more to try and um, hype up the attention and and focus the Green Lantern, I guess. I think that's true. And from a merchandising perspective, I think it's a it's a fine line in the sense that well, looking at it from one perspective, the idea that you know, if they're, if they're putting out Green Lantern merchandise, let's say, and it's not flying off the shelves, then you could not, they could obviously look at it. Oh, there's not a great demand. But it also depends on what Green Lantern stuff they give us. <laughs> if they give us something that nobody really cares too much about, then, then it's probably uh, – so I think, that, I think there's a little bit of truth that there are some things people are interested in that we've never – I mean, I mean, you look at some of the figures that we've never gotten. I mean, but we've never gotten the White Lantern Kyle. Mm. Um, Lord knows they they ab- they crapped the bed by never completing the power battery set. No matter what they were going to do, whether they actually had plans on doing a staff or just doing a knockoff indigo battery, which of course doesn't technically really exist, but at least it would make the set look visually complete. <laughs> mm. But they didn't do either. It's like let's go all the way through and let's stop. Which is horrible. I mean, how do you do that? But you know, but some, but, but who knows? Some of that could have been justified by sales. But then again, you didn't have to put the le- one of the least popular ones out, you know, dead last, maybe. But because it, make, it reminded me, because somebody mentioned that about the about the Indigo and the Underworld uh, and Beyond, one, the the group on Facebook, the Ring Purchasers group. That I think somebody mentioned about oh. Uh, that Mr. Burke there should do an indigo staff, you know, a light-up indigo staff that kind of works and is in the right scale of all the power batteries that they said, and how I guess there was a prototype at the DC offices, and that kind of reminded me of when they had the little place, like the OWA place set, other things for those little, like, uh, like three and three-quarters figures, the Green Lantern ones that came out in all those sets, how they had, like, a play set that they that they showed us originally. I think it was OWA. Uh, but of course, we never got that place, <laughs> and the figures stopped. So there, I mean, so some of it's either a change of change of pace, change you know sales, you know they, they used the lack of sales or lack of interest, or just change you know changing focus. So for merchandise, there's always a it's always a fine line about you know when you when you're going to get stuff that you. But I do think that you're correct. I, but I, it it comes down to the same stuff though. I mean it's it, it's. I think if they put out the right merchandise, even with the lack of, I think, overall passion in, in the Green Lantern fan base right now, I think people would people would support it. But it's got to be something that people really want. Some, I think part of 
I think we've been spoiled. I think we've talked about this before. But, I mean, we got we've been spoiled a little bit because of everything from the Jeff Johns era, even you know through Blackest Night and even after. Because we got a ton of Green Lantern merchandise, not just all Blackest Night related, though we know we got a ton of that. But there were tons of Green Lantern figures for the longest time, even even with those waves of the Mattel, you know, the, the Mattel DC, you know, the the, D, the DC Universe stuff that they did, you know, all those, the, all the White Lantern figures, all the Builder figures like like Stell and Kilowog and Arkillo and things like that. So they were doing tons of that, and there was an interest in that, and then it kind of like, even that two-pack you talked about, which I was lucky enough to find that at, when Toys R Us existed, the green, you know, the the Hal as yellow and Kyle as blue from the War of the Green Lanterns. And that was it. What was the other? What was the other two pack? It was. Um, there was another one too. It wasn't. There were a couple of them, but not all were Green Lantern related. They weren't all Green Lantern related, but it either was and it, it either was Mo- Mongol and something, or it was Cy- Cy- or it was uh like Cyborg Superman and something. I don't remember. They had a bunch. They had a bunch of. Uh, but the main. But the main one, of course, was the. Because it was unique, was the Hal and Kyle from the War of the Green Lanterns. I think if they put out the right merchandise, I think that I think the I think the fan base would would respond to. But so I, I we can do more to you know to try to say hey we want you to you know we want Green Lantern to have a higher profile, but it does put pressure on us too. It's like if they give us if they give us something that you know a seventy fifth you know a V seventy fifth Hal Jordan figure that they put out, it's like. Even I, being the, a huge Hal Jordan fan and Green Lantern merchandise fan, I'm less inclined to go buy another Hal Jordan figure unless it's really unique. You know, just another just another line doing a Hal Jordan figure by itself is not enough to motivate motivate me to go out. Just like when they did those, but like in the He-Man style. Remember when they did those? The what the hell do they call them? The ones that looked like cavemen or whatever it was the uh, oh the 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 primal Funko primal rage or, or yeah, primal, primal age, age or primal yeah. age. That yeah, I mean, back in the day when there was barely any Green Lantern merchandise, and we weren't spoiled by knowing that we went through a period in which there was tons. It's like, oh, it was a Hal figure. I'm going to grab it no matter what. And it's like now, for me, no, I have tons of Hal Jordan stuff, so that's not going to make me go out and buy it. It's got to be something unique. So it's 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 a fine line. I think it's a fine line, but it is a good point though for dis- for discussion. Sure. Um. There was an account, uh, the at Green Lanterns with two S's, uh, that had a poll that said, who is the best Green Lantern among? And then the poll options were Jessica Cruz and Simon Bass. With 268 votes, 79% said Jessica Cruz, <laughs> while tw- 21% said Simon Bass. I retweeted this while it was still going on, and I said, Jessica Cruz, easy. Here's why. Jeff Johns created Simon, but not much has been done with him since. And somehow he was able to heal uh, with the ring and see the future with it, Emerald Sight, neither of which were ever explained. We were only told to care, never given a reason to. At the beginning of the Green Lantern series, Simon was the arrogant ass so often it made him unlikable in order to prop Jessica up. And by the time they got around to noticing, the damage was done and Jessica was the focus, which isn't bad, but it came at the cost of Simon. Uh, we got one response to that saying Baz suffers because elements of his niche have already are already taken by other lanterns. Guy did the brash and confident thing and Kyle did the newbie lantern thing. Jess has the whole social misfit scared of crowds thing to herself, and that makes her more unique than Baz. She's just a better character. <laughs> she <laughs> cutting. I mean, everything that everything that's thrown out there is is accurate. Cut. You know, moving through the minutia or whatever. At the end of the day, she's a much better and more well developed character. Simon was. Simon was. Handicapped, you know, albatrossed by the horrible introduction issue and the, you know, the stereotypical way or the over the heavy-handed more than stereotypical way that Jeff Johns introduced the character. Besides the fact that he really, the most interesting thing about his character is something that completely has, for the most part, been ignored, which is the fact that a, a power ring being told by Sinestro and Hal Jordan find someone like me <laughs> settled on Simon Pass. <laughs> That was the most interesting thing about Simon Baz is the fact that 
pro and con. It's like wow, that this is somebody. This is somebody that the, the, the ring under duress of being given essentially what should be major league conflicting orders of finding somebody like me from two diametrically opposed characters <laughs> found somebody, and the person they found is this guy. That is probably the part of his origin that should have been played up instead of the, you know, the uh, the heavy-handed stuff about about his ethnic background and things like that. They've moved away from it. They gave him a little character development, and yes, I think I think if you could completely push push out of your mind that introduction, how he was introduced, and certainly look at how he was before the Green Lantern series started. Simon Baz was okay. He was likable. He was all right. It's just they made the, he just they just made him. A, they, it's like they took the st- character backwards on purpose, like we talked about. Good cop, bad cop, to make Jessica look better. It worked, but they never really succeeded in bringing Simon back to where you really like him all that much, or where Jessica is like. It's like you kind of like uh, put Simon in cement shoes to start a race, and finally then took him off after Jessica's got like, like a five mile lead, and it's like he's just never catching up. Uh, even if he's doing well, the reality is she's still far ahead, and that's all people can see is her, her, her as you get closer to the finish line. It's I don't know. You have to have a. I mean, I understand. I mean, I do understand. You know, let's say if you're a, like a Muslim comic reader and you gravitate towards Simon Bad for you know the reason because it's an un, it's an underreached market, and some and it relates to a certain percentage of the population who never gets to see a Green Lantern like me. I I get that. So I do get that. But still, the overwhelming – it would be hard-pressed to have the overwhelming majority of Green Lantern fans either like Simon Baz or think he really serves a purpose other than almost like a soapbox thing when he when he was created. And there's been nothing done since to kind of like move beyond that or to say, okay, yeah, he started like – kind of like Guy. Yeah, he started as a douche or maybe not entirely started as a douche but became best known as being one and then over the course of a lot of years – been peeling back those Shrek-like layers <laughs> to get to the fact that you know he he's got a lot of depth to him and there's a and that there's a lot to admire about guy even even when he's being a jerk. Simon really hasn't given us that much of interest, but like you said, we're told you know show don't tell. Uh, it's like the reality is uh we're not getting that. We're told we should like this guy or he's special for this reason, but. No explanation for how he can do what he can do. Now, it's not unique just to Simon. As we all know, Hal Jordan resurrected himself in the final issue of Jeff Johns' run with a Green Lantern ring, which still makes no sense whatsoever from being Black Lantern to Green Lantern just by using a Green Lantern ring. No sense whatsoever. None. So (laughs) the guy who made up the – I'm I'm not going off on this tangent for long, but – but now that I mention, it's like that still irks me to this day. He created the friggin' rules, and you had Kyle. Oh, he, he, Kyle, who almost brought back all of Korrigor, but they basically he, he, as they said, he opened the door. They just chose not to walk through it. And if they chose to, he would have resurrected the whole friggin' planet. But Kyle, oh, I can't resurrect. Yeah, you can, douchebag. That's what your power is. Blues heal, whites resurrect. But. It just boggles my mind because I thought that was – I thought that was the real point of Kyle becoming a White Lantern when he did. And that whole arc was to get him so he could resurrect Hal at the end. Not that they were going to take it away from him at that point, but I thought that was you know, the behind-the-curtains you know, subliminal reason why he became a White Lantern so he could resurrect Black Lantern Hal. Nonetheless, so we've seen discrepancies like that before. It's just – I don't know. I think Jessica is a much more interesting character. And and as we talked about very often on the show, she as the idea of making her uh, putting her in the movie, she's um, not that we're ever going to get that movie. But if we were, Jessica Cruz does as time goes by becomes. I say sadly only because you know I would like to see Hal done right, and I would like to see the Hal John Stewart thing. I'd like to see Guy and Kyle first, but. Jessica, as they, as they continue to develop her, develop her personality and her character a little bit more, or just just establish it a little bit longer, the reality is Jessica Cruz does become, I think, pretty viable if they wanted to uh, 
go that route for a movie more than more than probably we ever would have we probably you and I would have ever thought before heading into the Green Lantern series. So. For sure. Uh, I got two more quick t- the tweet threads, uh, and the reason I saved them for last is because it, it's going to give us, uh, given the topic, it's going to give us a, a good dovetail into uh, our recap of this episode. Uh, the or, Daily or, House, or we could just not do the recap and go with the feedback. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Uh, the account at Daily Hal Jordan had a four image. Uh, um, tweet and said Hal and Carol appreciation tweet and it got over 200 likes. I retweeted it and said if they want us to care about their relationship, oh, sorry, if they want us to care about their relationship more, she should actually be in the series regularly. Don't get me wrong, I'm all for it. But when was the last time we saw them together? Hal and Carol aren't as iconic as most any other DC couple. Quote Hal's classic hookup. Unquote. Um, a couple of responses to that. Emerald, uh, Emerald Centurion said, fair enough. We saw what uh, could have been a game changer at the end of Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, but Morrison wanted to go another route. Reynolds said, lots of really replied uh, Dan Kurtzke and said, they need to kill the will they won't they, because otherwise I have no reason whatsoever to care about the relationship. I think their relationship, generally speaking, because I mean, I see this influenced me a lot when I first started getting into Green Lantern. That a lot of the information, a lot of people talked about how, and of course, Hal wasn't Green Lantern anymore, but a lot of people talked about the Hal Carol relationship and the fact that a lot of people had seemingly a lot of the a lot of readers had issues with Hal and Carol and either just didn't think they really worked well together, didn't think they belonged well together. Or just didn't give her, you know what, that they were together or not, because it's not, it's not this powerful draw. It's not Cl- Lois and Clark. It's not even something, you know. It's not like I would Iris and Wally. It's not even like Peter and Mary Jane till they screwed that all up. <laughs> uh, well, I think you're on. I think you're on, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but I, I think my problem with it it comes in comparing it to the popularity of the league. So if if you're gonna say okay, what are their most iconic DC relationships? You got to start by saying who are some of the most iconic DC characters. Now, obviously, you can throw things out like Ralph and Sue and things like that, and they're not necessarily the iconic DC characters. But you think Superman, Superman and Lois, iconic. Batman, Batman and Catwoman, or Batwoman and Natalia, iconic. You want to go Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman with Steve Trevor, iconic. Barry and Iris, iconic. You keep going down the list, and then you get to Hal and Carol. Is Green Lantern iconic? Sure. Is Hal and Carol iconic? No. No, it's no because you know it's just not. It's in all honesty, the the only thing that really makes and good for catching ice stuff for these. I said Wally and Iris, but yeah, I meant Barry and Iris. That the reality that the thing, the most iconic thing about them only relates to the fact that she star sapphire <laughs> and that little and that interplay back back in the original you know back during the silver age when she was just a villain and kind of like oh in a, in a in a different kind of in a different kind of dynamic but the same kind of way that it worked and, and it, there was intrigue just to the fact that you had norman Os- norman osborne and uh peter parker and the fact that that the fact that you know when when Norman Osborn was right, you know he, he was the you know the father of Peter's best friend, and when he wasn't right, he was Peter Parker's arch worst enemy. Uh, and so the idea that yeah these two as characters, Hal and well actually it was more Carol's and you know, she was more infatuated with, with Green Lantern though she technically was with Hal. But either way, the idea that <clears throat> they have they're in their own relationship, but they're but their alter egos are like warring, kind of like Batman Returns, you know, with Catwoman and, and Batman. That was, but, but, or Ray Palmer and Gene Loring as Eclipso. Yeah. So th- that's kind of the dynamic that, and it just seem it just seems like neither one of them are really for different reasons. They're just not well. They're really ultimately not as well suited for each other as as you would think. Um, how how you know not caring about anything seemingly or not being mature enough for a huge part of his run. Being so devoted to the Green Lantern Corps, which is no, noble, clearly, but nothing, nothing else really matters. Uh, Carol 
you know, during some incarnations of being totally devoted to Ferris and not caring in, in, in its work and being the, the queen of the Star Sapphires. And, of course, then Hal's want, you know, Hal's, you know, being a ladies' man and, and Carol doing some of the – being with some of the people she's been with, including Kyle, things like that. So I think I think it's just harder. I think it's uh, – <clears throat> I think it's just a little harder to uh, – care that much about it's not one of those oh you know it's not like it's not like like a star-crossed lover kind of thing forget about peter parker and mary jane like it's more like peter parker and gwen stacy something like what could have been but seemed like it should have been and what could have been if not something else it's not like oh fate just keeps conspiring to keep these people apart or, or they kept them apart when it it's like no it just it just seems like really at the end of the day these characters are better off are kind of like Arguably better off not being together, probably. And last tweet thread, on my personal account, I had posted, uh, Lately I find myself hyped up for several indie series, and the big two just don't serve up ravenous, quote-unquote, where's the next issue passion for me anymore. That said, Greg Rucka is on Lois Lane, and I'm really enjoying it. It makes me rethink the potential of the classic DCU, quote-unquote, girlfriends. And after 10 minutes of thinking about that, I jumped onto the Lantern Cast page and retweeted that tr- uh, my personal tweet and said this. Imagine a Carol Ferris Star Sapphire 12-issue maxi series where Carol uses her wealth and connections as CEO of Ferris to help her hero identity of Star Sapphire thwart a modern-day foreign plot. Let's say a Rebirth-era imagining of Rocket Reds. And let's further make in matters interesting that sh- uh, that she's alerted to it because, as an independent corporate entity, Ferris is approached by all sorts of people for contracts. She picks up wind of the the program that way. The program being the Red Rockets or the Rocket Reds, um, and she can go underground because most villains still remember Star Sapphire as the GL villain and don't know of her turn to sanity as a hero. Um, and then in parentheses, it said, "Excuse to see her in her classic costume, anyone." I said, just spitballing here. Anyone at DC Comics editorial listening? And uh, Ian, uh, one of our listeners, re- uh, replied and said, you know, with the Mara series from last year, I could see something like this happening. And I just, I, I don't know. I, 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 Obviously, I'm not like, hey, what do you think of my idea? But at the same time, it's just like, even if you're, you're like, eh, it could work, or maybe it should be a six issue, or maybe it should be a prestige format single shot. Is it like, I came up with that, that idea in 10 minutes. Like, like, like can, can we get and that's a, that's an idea where Carol Ferris is the star of her own book now granted Carol doesn't have the star power of Lois Lane to support her own book in terms of you know DC uh, going for it but if I can think of a good Carol Ferris centric story in 10 minutes can we please get some more Green Lantern stuff <laughs> yeah don't bet on it buddy yeah uh, but considering the relationship between Hal and Carol, who is in this uh, this uh, this new uh, issue of uh, Green Lantern, man? <laughs> A version of Carol. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Not our version of Carol. I, I'm kind of I'm kind of liking that outfit, except for that. I'm gonna. I think the tiara doesn't really work so well. I mean, it's it's a mix between the modern and the classic. Yes, that's it is. the that's the intent. I like her hair. I like her short. See, this this is an example of Carol with short hair that I think works. I kind of like. I'm kind of, I'm kind of digging that. Even though she does, it, she kind of looks a little bit like uh, it's like a combination of, uh, like Donna Troy, and Wonder Woman and Carol Ferris, like all kind of like jammed into one kind of outfit here. But yes, it is. It's a. It's a it's a pretty respectable, but except for I just saw those boots. My God, that's those are horrible. Besides the fact I don't think it looks practical. My God, they're so they're hideous. Look at that profile view of that. It's like it looks like she's got like camel feet or something. It's like it's like it's like got camel something. I know. I, 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 I realized when I said it. It's like no, luckily she's not drawn with a camel something else. Uh, <laughs> But at least in the, on the on the cover, at least the the outfit is fairly respectable. Though obviously, with depending on the angle, you could definitely get a Soronik Natu vibe from this outfit. But 
Yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty close. It, it is close, but since it's a, it's mostly a profile shot, or like a, at least a three-quarter profile shot. You don't. All right, so I guess we, I guess we, I have no choice but to do this, huh? Uh, do it. it. This is not going to be a particularly long wrap-up. Uh, I'm going to try to hit the major beats in this, and then we can talk about. I will give. I was pleasantly surprised by the fact that this issue actually, while it's still confusing from the perspective of you don't get much clarity yet for the, about, a, about a lot of things. You get a little bit of clarity, and as far as a story goes, it's a little more straightforward than the crap we've been getting lately, even with the even with cutting back and forth to multiple places in this uh, in this book. At least every every place you go to what they're dealing with you kind of you kind of can relate to even if you don't know who the hell 90% of the people are you're dealing with so this is the green lantern number 11 uh so the cover we're talking about is on the edge of reality hal jordan star sapphire face death and now then you get your classic like silver age stuff <laughs> by powering firing squad <laughs> Yeah, wasn't there a cover? I can't remember which issue, but wasn't there a cover in the Silver Age where Hal is surrounded by core members in front of a power battery? Something, Something like that. A, didn't we? Didn't we? Didn't we do one of those issues, powering to death? Uh, didn't we? Didn't, didn't we do that one? If we didn't do it, we certainly know. talked about it because I know. I don't think so. But uh, <clears throat> we yeah we may we may not have. I have to go back and. But it's definitely one of the ones we talked about doing or something. But yeah, uh, I'm looking it up. Well, I'm not looking up if we did the 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 coverage. I'm looking up the cover because I know I'm pretty sure this is a reference to a Silver Age, a Silver Age. um, Yeah, because he's like gets gets sentenced to be powering to death or something. Yeah, something like that. I'm just going to the cover gallery on. uh, Comics.org, which is also known as the Grand Comics Database, uh, for those of you out there. Um, and uh, I'm not – well, what is this? This is – I'm trying to find covers. Um, there's Green Lantern 46, but uh, that's him being carried by core members. Yes, and that's, that is another one we have talked about, but that's not the one I think I was thinking of either. That you basically – you were set, sentenced to be – Death or powering to death or death by powering or something like that. I just yeah. I'm not. Oh, there it is. Uh, Number fifty-five and Cosmic Enemy Number One. Uh, Green Lantern. A uh, uh, Guardian is counting down. Ready, aim, and then uh, and it says yeah. Yes. And for committing the worst of all crimes, Green Lantern of Earth, you have been sentenced to be powering to death. Yep, that is uh, Green Lantern number 55 um, in uh, 1967. Yep. Sorry. That's all right. We both knew there was a – we both knew there was a reference somewhere. It's just a matter of finding the finding the issue. And I am using your digital, by the way. Um, so, oh, okay. So if, I, if I'm a little slow going from page to page – slower than usual that is why so he's trying to remember folks <laughs> what happened <laughs> it's it, no it's just the transition and keeping the page properly sized and scrolling across as something you don't have to deal with when you're just flipping through actual pages <clears throat> okay so we this issue begins on the planet weirwim sector none which is a whole another story altogether uh so basically we find we find a planet that's basically been sucked completely dry. Now we the sun in the, the sun in this uh lo, the local star here the sun was devoured by two they determined it had to be at least two sun eaters that destroyed this sun. But the planet itself something else basically leached all the uh all of the the nutrients all the minerals everything off this off this planet. So basically the planet is lifeless, and this is what Stell and a bunch of other Lanterns that kind of look alike, but for the most part, we don't know who the hell they are. Um, <clears throat> are is that Green Man? No, I don't think so. Mm. No, because they get they name they name the other guy. They they I think they name the other guy in a couple of pa- in a, like a page or two from here. Uh, uh, yeah, Lantern Two Two Tubum Tubum Yeah Yeah I, Yeah. So pretty much other than Stell, we really don't know any of these. From from long-standing history, this is a bizzed buzz knockoff. It's not him, but it must must be another one of his race, essentially. 
so there, these Green Lanterns are being sent, you know, to figure out who basically who murdered an entire planet. The reason why this is like Sector None, pretty much. They're basically they're in <laughs> they're in a no zone, pretty much. They're like 15 parsecs out of uh, of no man's land outside of Guardian jurisdiction. They shouldn't be here, but basically their their assignment is to, like we said, the Guardians want them to figure out what the hell's going on. We find out that the whole they think that, that the ground that they think they're walking on the ground, but instead they realize they're bodies, and this planet was inhabited by insects in some insect form of life, and the whole and that's pretty much what's all uh, all the dead bodies are on the ground. <clears throat> so they they the biz like lantern here are figures out that there's a distinctive gamma trail. There's also some antimatter matter traces. And there's, and there's some, you know, it's weird. It's like there's ancient, advanced civilization evidence there, but yet obviously the the this, these civilization that was just wiped out is was wiped out relatively recently. And as these Green Lanterns are trying to, you know, figure out what's going on here, the we kind of get a re, you know we kind of get a recap about about. Basically, but what goes back to like I think like the first issue of the series when basically that hidden that hidden cargo that uh, that was from the you know from the antimatter universe that and they're trying to figure out exactly you know what came here it's like uh, we got you know the the lax and you know lax security that allowed this you know this antimatter being from being smuggled through and all of a sudden but Stell's ring goes off and says warning antimatter detected and we have a Sinestro cameo which is kind of nice in this. In this series, it only took eleven issues. <laughs> Where Sinestro pretty much says, "Hell, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you know the Qua Man, which is what we, you know, which what this creature has been referred to, pretty much in this series, even though we really haven't only gotten glimpses of him recently, that the Qua Man's on his way back, and there's no other way of putting it. You know, you're all you're all going to die, and it's like Sinestro. It's like, uh huh. So." Now we cut back to Earth-15, where, where last we left the Tangent Lantern. She pretty much was dying because her uh, her, uh, but her staff, her st- staff with her lantern was taken away. Um, it's broken. Bro- yeah, it was broken by uh, Mr. Golden Lantern dude here, as we're going to talk about in a few minutes. <clears throat> Excuse me. That she starts aging super fast. How 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 puts her in an old-fashioned stasis bubble to prevent her from getting worse. And how it's kind of like just like all these other, just like all these missing alternate universe lanterns we came to find. It's like uh, you know, it says we're trapped here. What is Batman doing here? He's improving Hal Stasis Field. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. I was trying to figure out. It wasn't perfectly clear what he was doing to me, but now I mean, now that you say that, it makes it makes <sighs> sense. Uh, because Batman's a dick in every yeah, universe. Yeah, that's that's one of the highlights of this issue, which we're about to get to. So while Batman's doing that, the you know, our our hippie lantern over there is like, "Bad dude, you must not miss out on this groovy godlike dude with the booming voice." <laughs> and now we get this big glimpse of actually before we actually get a full glimpse of him, Bat Batman starts going like, "I don't, I, it's like, uh, I don't care how loud you are, I don't give a damn how big you are, blah 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 blah." It's like, uh, "I'm gonna put you in this giant wheelchair when I'm finished," and this is where, yes, like Chad hinted at or referenced, Hal stops for a second and kind of like almost like under his breath is like, "Good to have a confirmation on one thing: Batman's a dick in every universe." <laughs> uh, I know some people kind of took took issue with that i i do think it's i think it's kind of in character for hal in the post green lantern rebirth world for him to say something like that but how but how fly you know hal decides to which is kind of funny unto itself when hal's trying to do a version of diplomacy that by itself kind of kind of wants to make you laugh uh kind of does so Hal hal says you know before we start a fight before he said before we start a fight you definitely lose you attacked us you attacked, you know, you injured a friend without provocation. Explain yourself, and he kind of like. I assume this is like his version of the, the oath, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, his version of the oath. And when when asked to explain, he goes, "Explain." It's like I serve the fallen, broken light that glows yet dimmer with the night. The flame burns low that bright that's bright in hell. Beware my fate. Oops. Now we got to go to the next page. That's the problem with this. Lost is under now. 
So, okay, so, Zendronel is how we're going to pretty much refu- refer to this guy. But he calls himself the Golden Lantern, Guardian of the Cosmic Grail. Now, do we... Th- now, do we think he's going to be related to the Gold Lantern Corps? Doubt it. I doubt it too, but it's possible. It's kind of an odd timing of an introduction on, mm-hmm. on, that, on that level. Uh, so this, this dude is, it's, you know, he. I'm trying to see who, if he reminds me of anybody, really, visually. Does he remind you of anyone? Mm, not without something to compare him to, no. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, as, as we get later. As the, the issue moves on a little bit, we kind of get more. We kind of get an idea of who he probably resembles a, a, a tad, based on uh, from a literature perspective, why he probably looks the way he does too. So this issue is Quest for the Cosmic Grail. Grant Morrison, Liam Sharp, uh, Steve Olaf, colorist, Tom Orjakowski, letterer, Paul Pope with Bruno Selig, uh, did the variant cover. Jessica Chen and Brian Cunningham are the editors. Uh, so. So how you know how of course says hey that's not really going to work. It's like that's not much of an explanation. It's like we tend to react aggressively when we're intimidated when we don't, when we're in prison. So I said like, yeah, I'll kind of lay odds that that's not an outcome you'd welcome. And of course uh, the Golden Lantern's not too happy about this. And I do like this exchange between Batman and Hal. It's like uh, how is it when you threaten him with violence? It's okay. <laughs> And even though Hal, you know, Hal's just kind of point, trying to be funny, he goes, "Hey, you see the smile on my face? Like that makes it better." But Hal also was being, Hal was trying, to, was playing a little more mind games, to be fair, which is kind of surprising, you know, from a Batman perspective, you would think. Uh. So he just makes it clear that Hal does it. You know, we 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 just we're, we're we're looking for answers. We don't want to fight. It's like we just want some answers. And then Zunjunal goes, "If then follow me, follow me. You know, pay heed." And we kind of get some background over here. He gives more background, as like uh, about exactly you know what's been going on here. Like you know, time grinds slowly in this place beneath the dying sun, yada yada. And he talks about um, <clears throat> yeah, how he says we did unearth these relics of the vanished monitor race, and you know, enigmatic inventions of the Yondermen to to observe and converse with worlds of the multiverse. And we pretty much, and he finds out that you know, he basically he spent his time trying to, more or less, he he taught himself how to how to use this thing so he could. Uh, and we see, like he says, myriad doors unlocked into a, myri- a myriad worlds, and he basically he cried out for champions to help fight by his side. And, and when he did that, you know, in his plea for help, that's when all these little green Lan- green lantern men, as he as he said. Appeared. It's like the, and uh, Sir Zundernell and his insect army, and with his broken lamp and twisted throne, all 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 the stuff. So, so now we kind of get an explanation for why some of these Green Lanterns have been called where they've been called. And Hal's like, you know, we're not knights. You know, we're pretty much we're cops. And Zundernell, oh, when this when, when this multi crisis is almost upon us, the Grail will awaken. You'll see. And it's almost like Thor's hammer kind of bit here. It's like uh, only the purest, most noble knights may endure. I like that. Small as you are, your hearts are bold, and I can save you. <clears throat> and it's like Hal's like, guys, there's something you need to see back here. And Hal's like, uh, okay, you've ha- you know, you've kind of like you've kind of given us a bunch of uh, declarations, and you're kind of like beating around the bush a lot. It's like, where are our people? Where you know where you know where? And Zunder and I was like. My new recruits, and as he blasts all of them, and it's like, uh, I'll take you to them. Uh, when Hal wakes up here, this is when we have our Carol Ferris interaction, which is kind of cool. Uh, she, of course, recognizes him because there's a Hal Jordan. You know, she and Hal, you know, she, she and Hal have an, you know, some interaction or some relationship, of course, in her world, and they kind of. They kind of are talking, and I, and I, I, I really, and, but this I'll have to hold on to this point because obviously we, now we we end up cutting one of the other cuts in this movie. We go back in this issue, excuse me, back to Universe Zero, and which we have of, of the United Planets Superwatch. They're still dealing with this threat, and then we see and this being, this flaming like being, and it's like is, you know is that the uh, is that the creature that pretty much took out all their guys, and they're about to like. To take take this guy on, and he speaks to them. And he goes, "No harm, like and preserve, you know, and preserve life functions." English be not his strong point. 
And everybody's trying to figure out, you know, what this guy is. It's like, we must... And the Green Lanterns are like, hey, like, we said hold back. It's like, uh, let's try to figure out what's going on here. And this, this creature speaks again. It's like, find Quaman, find Sinestro, and Border Patrol. Uh, now we've cut to back in Universe Zero on that Oagu, the conscious planet. We have, the, we have a version... This version of uh, John Stewart, which which I think we saw in one of the issues before, and I do like some of these other other lanterns we see, including the Doctor Manhattan Green Lantern. <laughs> oh come on, just imagine Stanley. That is true, but he does. And another panel, he does look more like. I think he does look more like Doctor Manhattan. But you're right. You're te- you are right. He probably is the just imagine. But to- he absolutely is. Yeah, I, do they do they do they identify? One hundred. He looks exactly like him. He's got the same symbol and everything. When I ever see that symbol, I just think of the. When, you're right. It's a variation, like on the ion symbol. But you were correct. But to me, when I saw him, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm sure you're correct. I'm just saying when I saw him, to me, he remind because oh, okay. of the, because of the head, he reminds me. And when I see him on another panel later on, he my instinct was Doctor Manhattan. But that's because of probably the perpetual. Never-ending story of Doomsday Clock, uh, and I'm pretty sure the the one with his legs crossed is the Green Lantern from the Batman Beyond universe. I think that is correct. I mean, I knew he looked familiar. I knew he looked familiar as well. Uh, uh, so they're they're trying to you know they're all these Green Lanterns are talking. It's like you know it's like Spectra, you sense it too, and all of a sudden it's clawing its way out of the darkness. And I guess that's supposed to be Quaman clawing clawing ever closer. Yeah, because Hal left him in the bleed. Yep. Uh, back to Earth-15, Carol and Hal continue their, their conversation, and I I do like the fact that they both kind of – Carol's like, oh, my – you know, the whole thing with, you know, Hal Jordan and my, my universe – you know, basically relationships between Carol Ferris and Hal Jordan are always complicated. And I like Carol just goes, you and my counterpart probably have some insane damage relationship in another universe. <laughs> And the fact that, you know, we're, we're both messed up and the idea of starting free of baggage with an alternate reality duplicate is horribly appealing. And Hal's like, wow, we think exactly alike. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, so she puts – she reconnects, re, re, uh, puts puts together the Tangent Lantern's uh, Lantern staff again, which I thought was a nice nice touch. And this is where we – this is where we kind of get a little explanation about about Zundanel, how crazy he is, and how he puts on this noble knight act and everything else. And we basically kind of find out that this is he's like this big version of Don Quixote. Uh, that's really, Donna Quixote. Yeah, it's from, from her universe, which I like. That was a nice that was that was that was a nice touch. But but in our universe, it is the Don Quixote story. You know, dual, you know, jousting with with windmills and everything else. So he's kind he's kind of nuts. So who's What's what's the what's the female equivalent of Sancho Panza? Sancho, I guess. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Maybe that'll be, maybe that'll be the big reveal in issue twelve. I don't know. Uh, so we kind of we while Carol and Hal are talking, we basically see we find all all the other Green Lantern. We find out what all the uh, other Green Lanterns where they're being kept. They're all being kept in these pods. Uh, Hal's making it clear, hey, they're dying in these pods, but Zundernell's like, no, they're sleeping. <laughs> it's like they'll rise, basically they'll rise again, you know, in, in all creation's greatest hour of need, knights of the cosmic grail. And you look at some of these, and uh, who do you, re- you recognize people in this group? Well, one looks like obviously the last one kind of looks like the Atlee Kingdom Come, Alan Scott. A little yeah, bit. I was just about to say that. Uh, That's the only one I recognize. Obviously, one looks like he's a variation of Kyle. Yeah, like maybe Parallax Kyle, like a universe where Kyle stayed Parallax. Yeah, there's no indication of Parallax. It's just, it's just. Are you just? Oh, uh, the mask, maybe. To me, that's just. I mean, it is a variation in the claw mask. I mean, the crab mask, but. But either way, uh, you know, Sundernell's rambling on. I shall lead them onto the ultimate battlefield, the Living Lantern rekindled. Yada yada yada. It's like, uh, it's like you shall not disturb the rest. Less <laughs> like that. I smite thee. And like, uh, what is with me in these smiters' houses? <laughs> this is a much better Hal Jordan issue, I would have to say, no matter what. Uh, but basically, now Zundernell is using some of the other Green Lanterns to try to subdue Carol and Hal. Thus, the power, you know, the the 
twist on the Power Ring to Death cover. That's where that idea comes from. Uh, Zundernell just rambles on, you know, about all this. That basically you have a choice: you can join the Sleepers or else be judged on the Knights unworthy. Uh, the sentence of is dishonorable death, and you know Hal and Carol pretty much just kind of are doing their best to deal with this, and they're trying to figure out how the best solution. Carol's like, uh, trust the violet light. You know, he used these machines to delay the distress calls and activate the transmatter door. You know, one distraction coming up, and this is when uh, Carol pretty much uh, connects him with a vision of his, uh, this is his version of Sancho Panza, his, his partner in crime over here. Uh, it's like, uh, which of course causes... Uh, but Zundernell over here to like, oh, it's like, uh, I've, I've missed, I was like, I've missed you so much. And at this point, uh, the Tangent Lantern's been reunited with her, with her Lantern staff. And she points out, the dead do not laugh. We you know, we bring a message from the Green Lantern of the multiverse. You're under arrest. And she, and that, and Spectra shows up and she blasts him. See, this is what I mean. Doesn't he, does he not look like Dr. Manhattan in that scene? Yeah. I mean, he's wearing a diaper for God's sake. It's true, but it's 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 a hundred percent though. I know. I'm just, just imagine I'm, I'm Stanley just, like I'm just saying. Uh, so the, so they're dealing they're dealing they're dealing with him, uh, and the point of the hey is like uh, he keeps saying you do not know, and it's like we know your cosmic grail is a broken hollow shell. I'm sorry, but there's nothing to protect here. No need for sleeping nights. <clears throat> it's like it's like you've ducked to these people basically to serve your own fairy tale, and Zundernell is like you cannot understand. Br- you know, bring bring him in. And we hear, and so and so it was. It's got. I got to move up to the next page. Uh, now we're back to the green, the green moon in, in, in Universe Zero. That everybody's giving, doing their their green their Green Lantern oath. It's like a, as a dozen or more voices rang out in chorus. It seemed like a great victory was won. The light of the Green Lantern shone further and more brightly than it than it had before. But Hal Jordan was troubled, and for good reason. For that was the day. Dun dun dun. Oops, I had it. The Quaman, you know, the day the Quaman came back. Hal Jordan has 25 minutes left to live. The countdown has begun. At least you see Sinestro again. Yeah. Next issue. I like is, that. Yeah, go ahead, sorry. I like the Magic Lantern's Oath. When it's groovy, when it's grim, we hum the living gurus hymn. When other lanterns lose their shit, we keep the Magic Lantern lit. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that, that, that is a good one. And next issue, the season finale. Uh, I have a problem with that, but hey. <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know that we ever got the Darkest Night Oath, but it says... With signal green comes darkest night, that superstitious, fearful might. Beware the creature of the night, the weird avenger blazing bright. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> a lot a lot less a lot less confusing than uh as much as you can say any of these are not confusing, but based on again, based on the plot of these even the three different places we were, at least you can kind of follow what's going on, even if you really don't know the relationship between all these characters and what's really going on and entirely big picture wise and who and symbolically maybe who people are and whatever. But it's to me, it's, I mean, it was better than the last two issues. Yeah. So this creature uh, and preserve life functions clear. It says he's border patrol. That has to mean that he's border patrol between the antimatter universe and the regular universe. So hopefully there's some explanation as to where the hell he's been. Because, I mean, how, how often have the Quardians been a threat, the Anti-Monitor himself, the, I mean, so on and so forth. So, you know, what is this thing? Is it something we're supposed to recognize? Is it something wholly new? If it's something we recognize, or if it's something that's wholly new, where's he's been during all these other threats from the antimatter universe? Yeah, it would be nice if we get an explanation. Don't bet on it, but it would be nice. Yeah, and how the hell, you know, if if you know there wasn't a big enough threat, how the hell is Quaman more of a threat than the antimonitor? 
So. Yeah, let's see, and let's see if we get an explanation for who he is, and uh, and and of course you you would assume at some point, well maybe not. This could be a wrong assumption. You like to think this is going to tie in to control. Like, control the move is supposed to be in the next issue, isn't he? Didn't he? Wasn't he in the solicit for that? Did they mention something about that? Pretty sure he's on the cover. Yeah, so it's like, uh, which well we know that means nothing, but I agree with you. That's why I'm remembering. I'm, I'm remembering the solicits for that issue, or trying to anyway. Yeah, so. Hopefully we'll get an understanding of what all all this crap means. Uh, I think the Cosmic Grail thing was kind of a disappointment. Well, see, here's the thing, though. We didn't actually get an explanation about the Cosmic Grail or what its actual function is. It just sort of vanishes. Um, And we didn't get an explanation for how it was broken. Like he Basically, it seems like this guy came across the cosmic grail and and decided to guard it and he became his own you know don quixote uh and everything but there was no this story doesn't give us any explanation of the history of the grail itself or its powers or where it's going or or why it's important this is the story of zundernell yes it is so i mean while i agree with you that my original hype for this story was the idea that, oh, we're going to learn more about the Cosmic Grail. The reality is we didn't really learn much more about it than we already knew. Yes. So it's – you can say it's disappointing, you know, it, that we didn't – you know, that uh, not much was revealed or anything. But, the, you know, it's, it's definitely disappointing in that regard. But uh, it's not like they – told us about told us about it and the reveal was disappointing it's just disappointing that there wasn't more revealed i would i would agree with that <clears throat> what do you think of them choosing i mean of of the lanterns to go into i think we might have talked about this last episode but like Okay, it definitely makes sense to send Hal. Definitely makes sense to send Bat Lantern. He's one of the, if you're going to go with multiversal lanterns, he's probably one of the main ones you're going to want to bring along. Why flashlight and magic though? I feel like magic maybe makes sense for Morrison, but like the 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 choice in the crew here about what what multiversal lanterns we choose to use for what missions seems interesting to me. I I know, and, and the odds of us getting a real explanation for yeah. why who was picked for, I mean, I don't know, maybe some of them were obviously picked for obscure, maybe for visual cues, I don't know. Um, it is interesting. That splash page is pretty cool. Actually, that Kyle, that, that Kyle knockoff looks even weirder with the white gaunt, like the gauntlets. Um, maybe it's a universe where Hal never came back and, and Kyle stayed Ion. There's no evidence of Ion. I mean, the white is the only thing that would point. Well, you, I guess you're right. The mask, the mask could be Ion-like, I guess. Uh, but his costume is so black. I don't know. Mm. Um, his costume. Let me see. Where's the close-up of him in stasis? You don't. Uh, you don't no, there it is. You, you, yeah. you don't see much. You see actually more, I think, when he's flying because. Yeah, I was trying to see if his his costume was like. Um, Starman's uh, uh, or Starboy from the Legion of Superheroes or uh, Donna Troy, where they had the stars yes. in the in the black, but I don't see that. <clears throat> yep, that's, that's definitely Kingdom Come, Alan. You can see more of his costume and everything in the in that splash. Definitely, Alan looks younger though. Yes, he does look younger. I wish we would have learned more about Spectra. Yes, maybe, well, maybe she's maybe she's somebody we learn we might learn a little bit about, uh, just because of the fact they actually choose to name her, and we yeah. have to use her power. So that's the only reason I would hold out a little bit of hope that maybe. In, but but I don't know. Issue twelve seems like it's got a lot of heavy lifting to do. So I, I have a feeling that there's not going to be <laughs> we're not going to get nearly as much of an explanation for some of these things as maybe we would like. <clears throat> yeah, it's good, probably going to be a uh, 
a difficult recap, but then again, you have to recap the first uh, Dark Stars issue, so. <laughs> I bet you that won't be nearly as complicated. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say it's not gonna be. It'll be crystal clear, but I mean, all we know, we're living in a world without where the Green Lantern Corps never existed. That's about the only real premise of, that we know about that. So, I don't know. Uh, yeah, Liam killed it this issue again. Love the art. Um, the um. The story, like you said, you mentioned it, it's a little more straightforward this time. Um, you know, Zundernell's ramblings aside, um, pretty pretty basic. Um, but yeah, when it comes to expectations, what I was uh, expectations or hopes for what I was hoping this story would be versus what it ended up being, uh, it's it, it fell a little flat for me. But that's that's through no fault of Morrison and 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 Sharps. I mean, they planned a story that came up with the story they wanted to tell. It's not their fault that my expectations and, or what I assumed was going to happen were wrong. Um, but I don't know. You, 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 you mentioned in the solicit stuff concerning the cosmic grail. I think it's safe to assume, uh, for all readers, we're going to get some answers about it, but then to walk away with nothing, it's kind of, kind of a shitty catch 22. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's like a, it's like a MacGuffin that doesn't really, I mean, it, it, Plot wise, it's there, but you but but you don't necessarily. I don't know you you don't learn a lot. It's there, but it doesn't really. But all the interactions are. I don't know. Maybe it really isn't the MacGuffin because at least the MacGuffin seems to drive the plot, and really this is just it just kind of it's name dropped out there, and then after that it's like, eh. like guess what? No, I don't know. So. For sure. All right. Anything else you want to say about this one? No, but I am, I am glad I got it compared to some of the other issues I could have gotten. <laughs> All right. Uh, you want to tell some people how they can reach us then? Lanterncast.com. The email is lanterncast at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Use hashtag GLCast to locate us on either of those. iTunes and Stitcher, whichever platform you listen to us on, please leave us a positive review. And last but not least, 708 Lantern. Uh, 708 Lantern is the voicemail, and let us know what you think. And I don't think we know what's next. We have no idea what's next. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Good night, everybody. Good night.